You're listening to Beyond the Sale Podcast, a wellness and real estate podcast hosted by Brittany Wren. Tune in weekly to gain techniques that will help you renew, rebuild, and restore your work-life balance. Now, let's go beyond the sale to start building a life and career that you love and have always desired. Hello, everyone, and welcome Beyond the Sale. I'm your host and founder of Beyond the Sale, Brittany Wren. This is the podcast where we shine a spotlight on physical, emotional, and mental wellness while building a real estate business. Our episodes alternate weekly between wellness and work, so don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss out on the work-life balance content that we have in store for you. Today, I'm chatting with Chicago mortgage lender Justin Lopatin. Justin is one of Chicago's premier mortgage lenders and ranks in the top 1% nationally. With over 13 years of experience, he's helped thousands of home buyers and is licensed in all 50 states. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. All right. Thanks for having me. Excited. No problem. So I'm excited to have this conversation today. This is something that I am really trying to get going in a more stable form in my business, and I know you have a lot of experience with it. Um, and also, it's actually part of the reason that I really wanted to work with you because Justin and I actually met when we were both working with the same buyer who had hired us separately. And I was impressed with the way that Justin conducted business. He called me basically at the same time on the same day every week. And even if I didn't answer, you still routinely did it every week. And I thought that was awesome. And I also thought that You know, if you're calling me every week and giving me updates, obviously you're doing that with our client too. And I thought that was amazing. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about relationship and some database management as well. So this is a really crucial part of our jobs. And today, you know, I really want to um, kind of focus on the contact portion of that and, uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how this started and how you connect with prospects, past to current clients, and even business partners. So first thing, what actually made you decide to implement weekly calls into your routine? Yeah, for sure. So just kind of on, on a high level, our, our, our business, our industry is so react, reactive. Very true. Right? Very Phone true. rings, we pick it up email comes in we answer Mm -hmm. eventually you get to a point where you become disorganized you become inefficient you multitask you miss out uh, on opportunities because of just you know error yeah and so uh, eventually systemizing my my business allowed me to to focus on the task at hand Mm -hmm. and then structure and 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 time block my follow-ups my my prospecting my relationship building, my database, my marketing. So it started with failure mm-hmm. and seeking out experts, business coaches, um, you know, paying, reading books, personal development. So it took a long time. I've been in the business for 13 years, right. yeah. but I've only been implementing this for about five or six. And oh, that's when I saw my business start to double in oh, a couple okay. years. So the root of the systems, and I didn't reinvent the wheel, I plugged in and enhanced things that were already best practice. Mm-hmm. But the root was, how do I maintain work-life balance, deliver an efficient, high-caliber process, and scale and grow all at the same time. Sounds like exactly what I'm trying to do at this point. So 
I think that what happens sometimes, especially when you're in the beginning stages of your business, like I'm in the industry seven years at this point, and I realized a couple years ago, well, really, it was probably more like a year, a year and a half ago that I was like, I've got to make some changes. And then ultimately, part of the reason we're sitting here today with this podcast is because I had a burnout because I was just spinning my wheels constantly, like not having any structure in my business. I kind of let the business take over instead of me have organization and structures in place, like you're saying. So I think it's really, really important to do, and it does take some time and practice to actually get all of those things going. And I know you mentioned you plugged into some other systems and read some books. I've actually kind of tried to read some specific books with time management and stuff like that. So do you think that those systems are, because I know some of them are really highly priced. Do you, did you pay for systems or do you, and, and do you think they're worth it? Or did you use free systems that you found online? How did you get to that point? Yeah, great question. So started with the low-hanging fruit, mm-hmm. reading, consuming information, podcasts, mm-hmm. right? Um, eventually, what I realized was I needed more one-on-one guidance. Um, a general best practice does not always translate into digestible, easily replicable systems in real estate or lending. Right. Right. So sometimes you read these books and their theories and their 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 ideas, but it's hard to identify with the guy who's selling insurance because I'm selling real estate and our our clients are different and our systems are different. And so so that's the long answer. The short answer is I eventually pivoted into a coaching company where for years we kind of thought about doing it. We as in some of my colleagues and I, we went out to a big mastermind event in Las Vegas where they have an annual, it's called like a mortgage mastermind event or a real estate mastermind, I forget what it's called, but uh, there was dozens of business coaches, you know, guest speakers. Um, We talked, you know, imagine walking through a big convention center and talking to just various guys at kiosks telling you about their coaching programs. So we heard someone speak we sought him out after his presentation in the convention area, um, and we plugged into the program for a couple of years. Nice. And it took time, but the results lagged the effort. Mm-hmm. And so once you create the habits and you see the results, it just grows and compounds. And then you know you tweak it and you change it. But um, I had to learn someone else's systems, make them my own, and be held accountable. And when you put that dollar, when that debit hits your credit card every month, <laughs> yeah. you know that you have to do the work. Right. I think accountability is the biggest challenge. Yeah. People want to read and learn and read and learn and read and learn, and they don't want to implement. That couldn't be more true. I actually, when I say that this thought started with me about a year and a half ago or so, I found that just reading or listening to different podcasts or stuff like that was helpful, but it wasn't holding me accountable. And I just recently joined a team, and I specifically joined this team to plug into other people and hold each other accountable. I mean, we as a team really, really want to help each other. And I think that's one of the best parts about being on a team is having people to lean on and hold you accountable. And so with our varying ranges of experience, we're all kind of giving something to each other. And through that, we're trying to put these systems in place and 
put more strategic or use our time more strategically. So I find that it is helping make that kind of transition into just going with the flow of your day Mm -hmm. and just doing work at random times or whenever you see fit to strategically doing something at a specific time every day. Do you do like every day, do you have like an hour to however much time you spend on it? Every single day you do the same thing at those times? More or less, yes. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, so again, you have to create the habits and you have to learn how to protect your time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're in sales. You sell homes, I sell money, right? right. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in sales. So mm-hmm. there's certain things that are considered defensive and there's certain things in my day and tasks that are offensive. Right. I need to play offense minimum four hours a day. So that's my rule. And what that means is I need to be on the phones making calls. I need to be in front of prospects and business partners, or I need to be at events or doing something that is generating business. And then there's other parts of my day where I need to field questions, you know, do analysis, you know, send emails, check emails, work in my business, work on my business. Mm-hmm. But if we don't plan and time block the hard stuff, we always default to the easy stuff, which is Very true. responding, yeah. Uh, the low-hanging fruit, mm-hmm. you know, you make a to-do list of 10 things, you do the, the four or five easy ones first, but then you notice the next day those five hard things carry over again yes. and again and again. Yeah. So I try and do the most difficult task first, which is making my calls, and every day I have a different uh, group of people I'm calling. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was calling you on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. you were representing the buyer who was a mutual client. I wanted right. you to know what was going on every single week. So you could focus on offense yeah. and not have to get in the weeds on the deal and figure out what's going on. Where's the appraisal? Like, how come I haven't heard from anyone? Yeah. So on my Tuesday call block, I'm calling all my clients in transaction, their realtor and the listing agent to convey status update. That's on awesome. Mondays, I'm prospecting for new business. On Wednesdays, I'm calling on um, pre-approved clients to touch base with them, to check in on them, to see how they're doing, give them a market update. Um, just to give you the whole week, on Thursdays, I'll do past client database, which I think is a, an area most agents don't focus enough on. Right. Um, so I'll alphabetize my database. 52 weeks in the year, 26 letters in the alphabet. January, week one, I'm calling my A's. January, week two, I'm calling my B's. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the year, I've called 26 letters in 26 weeks, and then I do it again. So That's I call awesome. every client twice. Mm-hmm. No, they get an email from me, they may get a mailer. But the voice is the most powerful sales tool. Absolutely. And and then on Fridays, I have that kind of as a wild card day where I'll call some my business partners. I work with some CPAs, some financial advisors. Um, sometimes I'll call on companies that I'm trying to go in and do a speaking engagement with them. Sometimes I'll literally cold call for new business if I'm feeling I need to make some new relationships. Or mm-hmm. you know, every year you gain and lose relationships. Right. So you have to cultivate what you have, you know, and always generate new opportunity. That's awesome. I love how and you I learned, have... And I learned all this. I, yeah, I didn't make right, it up, but right. I stuck to it, and it's yeah. hard. I love that you have it like so set to where you don't even have to think, okay, mon- today's Monday, What am I? who am I calling? It's already set, you know, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I have a plan. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And a lot of, I think, people in this industry can't... And myself included, you know, I'm making these changes as we speak. Yeah. So... I'm not not to put anyone down, but just to say, myself included, that it's very easy to just kind of be on the go all the time right. and not have systems. 
Um, it's easy to let your day take control of you. Absolutely, and yeah. fall victim to busyness. Busyness, yeah. Right? And, and so, I always say there's busyness and there's productivity. So obviously we all want to be productive. We don't want to just be busy all the time. Right. So you kind of touched on this. Have you seen your referrals grow exponentially throughout this practice? Yeah. I mean, really? In, in about three years, my business doubled. Um, my income doubled, my relationships wow. doubled. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked my head up after three years and, and you know, three years of implementing this type of system and it's not like proprietary, it's just proactive communication, time blocking. It's a, a, it's a bunch of things that compound into the way I approach my business. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about real estate is, and lending is, you know, you don't have to punch in or punch out. You get what you put in. Right. So if the phone doesn't ring till 10, are you, does that mean you don't start your day till 10? I don't know. That's how some people do it. Right. Right. There's a reason, you know, Pareto's principle, 80-20, 80% of the work yields, tw- or, tw- you know, 20% of your, 80% of your work comes from 20% of your your clients, for example. Right. Um, in real estate and lending, 10% make 90% of the money. 90% fight over the crumbs. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Yeah. Low bar of entry. You can come and go as you please. And what happens is we all tend to kind of just blow like a leaf in the wind sometimes wherever the day takes us. Right, exactly. If you have a plan every day and you stick to it and you run your business like a business with accountability, the results lag the effort. But it takes effort. And yes. And it's hard to wake up, plan your day, get on the phone on Monday, you know, mm-hmm. Monday 9 o'clock and start calling. Well, and that's, you know... But if it was easy, yeah, everyone would everyone, be in the top 10%. Exactly. And on, to piggyback off of that, I feel like you really do... If you want to be successful in this business, you really do have to, to some extent, hold yourself accountable. You can't yeah. always rely on other people to hold you accountable like a coach or a team or whatever. You have to really want to do this and be successful at it. And in my mind, I've always wanted to build a business. And it just so happened to be in real estate. So it's really no different than building any other business. You have to... I personally believe you have to have a business plan. You really should have structure. I thought I'm a very organized person and I thought I was going to have structure, but it's hard to know what you're getting into until you're really fully immersed in the industry and working full time as an agent, you know? So I realized after a while that I was just kind of running around without structure and no wonder I was burning out because anyone would if you're just constantly working all the time basically 24 7 you know you're not really taking care of yourself and then you don't have a structure to prospect call past clients call business partners all that stuff then you're just going to feel like you're being pulled in a million different directions so a couple things on that number one two two points i want to make number one is you have to plan your week so what i do is on sunday nights i carve out 30 minutes to an hour you know, I know in real estate Sundays are really busy, but in the lending world they're not. Right. Sunday nights, dinner's done, kids are in bed. Mm-hmm. Before I go to sleep, I'm looking at my week to make sure my week's planned. Do I have my call blocks in place? Do I have my meetings confirmed? Mm-hmm. Do I have my appointments and schedule in line? Um, do ha- am I prepared for any meetings that I'm going to have? And if I'm not, when am I going to prepare? Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I have my three to four hours of green time, of sales time, of offense planned every day. And if something cancels or reschedules, 
I will default to making more calls or you know, mm -hmm. I'm not a robot. Right. I don't do it 100%. <laughs> yeah. But if my schedule, if I follow my schedule and my schedule was planned the right way, that will set me up for success. Right. And so I don't know that people spend enough time planning their weeks instead of just seeing where the day takes them. Yeah, no, that actually makes 100% you know? sense. And, and, yeah. And so my second point on that is, you know, if I'm on the phone from 9.30 to 11.30 every day, I'm not really checking my emails. Mm -hmm. Now, the issue that people have is a fear. If I don't respond to an email in 32 seconds, <laughs> that client's going to leave me. Right. Now, have you ever gone on vacation? Yeah. All right. Not enough. Have you ever, yeah. <laughs> right. have you ever checked a hundred emails before you go on vacation because you're ready to go and you got to catch the airport and it literally takes you ten minutes? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. two hours of emails missed can be addressed in probably ten to thirty minutes. Mm -hmm. So, to me, I need to make sure that I'm 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 hunting and farming, hunting and farming. Mm -hmm. And so when you're hunting, you can't be farming. I'm not out there far hunting with mm -hmm. a bow and arrow. And laying seeds on the ground, right? right? So I can't be making focused prospecting calls and updates to my clients and you know creating opportunity while I'm checking emails. Doesn't work well. Right. You end up def def deferring to the email, getting distracted, mm -hmm. not getting the prospecting done. Yeah. So emails are down. Phone is on silent. Mm -hmm. I'm focused at the 25 calls I need to make or the 10 calls I need to make or, or whatever it is. And then I have 50 emails. At first, I'm like, oh my gosh, and then seven minutes later, yeah, they're done, <laughs> and it's on to my, you know, my twelve o'clock lunch appointment. Um, and so I think that planning the week is huge, and setting your week up. Like, what do I need to do to hit my goals this week? Mm -hmm. Well, I want to have five new phone calls a day, mm -hmm. five talk tos. Who are those going to be? Past clients. Let me pull up this list and stick it in my calendar. Mm -hmm. I want to call on some builders or some sales centers. Let me do this. I'd love to meet a new CPA or financial advisor. Let me, you know. So if you plan it, you do it. If you're like, I'm going to call ten people tomorrow, and you wake up, you go to the office tomorrow, you're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Your email is going to come in, your phone's going to ring, you'll get a text, and buy, you're out. Right. So that's number one. Number two is, um, I feel like people need to set better expectations with themselves and their clients. I we agree. all want to make money, yes. but we we don't have to respond instantaneously. Mm -hmm. No one's going to like lose like things don't happen in, in seconds right. yes there's times where time sensitive issues need to be met mm -hmm. but generally speaking your commitment to your business is important enough to where you can block out an email for an hour and it's okay if you don't get back to your client in an exactly. hour and they should know that too yeah but i think expectations need to be more clear for people to feel comfortable not responding to an email for an hour or two hours i agree and to honestly to that point i know and i'm sure you do plenty of people that say i'm available 24 7. and the reality is you're not you're just not even i mean you have to sleep right and also it shouldn't be that nothing is that urgent to where someone should be calling you at three in the morning with a question that can wait until six or seven in the morning if it has to be addressed that early you know so, I mean, regular business hours are something that we don't always work within, right. but I do think there's a level of respect that needs to be on both ends, you know, and that does come with setting expectations and boundaries right. and being able to say, here is when, and if you do have a process in place, maybe say, 
here's when I respond to my emails typically between this time and that time. If you don't hear from me right away, I'm likely with a client or doing something exactly. else. And then I'll get back to you as soon as yeah. I can or whatever it might yeah. be. I think one question I want to bring up in regards to new agents. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that for a minute where let's say you don't have past clients mm-hmm. because I know a, a lot of new agents in the industry. I remember myself when I first started and people would say, oh, call past clients, this and that. Let's just put out there, and you did kind of mention a few options, who these who these new agents could be calling yeah. instead of past clients. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say a couple things. As a new agent, you need to attack your warm network ferociously, mm-hmm. right? And ferociously, I mean aggressively, tactfully, and, and through all mediums. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would tell someone is uh, clean up your cell phone contacts, clean up your Facebook, clean up your LinkedIn. What does clean up mean? Clean up means literally make a list. You can export your contacts into yeah. an Excel spreadsheet mm-hmm. and look at everybody. I forget some of the amazing people I know sometimes mm-hmm. because you're always looking to meet new people. Sometimes you have to start by re-networking your network. Yeah. So I would reach out to like 20 to 30 people on Facebook that you haven't talked to in a while. Remember, real estate, like you're selling. So you need to get out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. if, if this feels awkward and go, hey, Brittany, it's Justin. I just got into real estate. Haven't talked to you in six months. Hope you're well. Would love to catch up and grab some coffee just to share what I'm doing. Yeah. And that shouldn't be uncomfortable mm-hmm. if they're someone you know. Right. And if they say no, great. If they say yes, great. Next call. Right. So I would be re-networking my network, mm-hmm. specifically as you know, people in our, our, our generation, Facebook, LinkedIn, mm-hmm. right? Some people who are heavy in LinkedIn, like you know that type of person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's maybe more of the professional. Yep. There's other people who you just are friends with or who spend more time in Facebook and there's other people who live in Instagram or Snapchat. Mm-hmm. However your warm network is comprised, that's where I would go first because they're not gonna find out what you do until you tell them. Very true. So yeah. even though they're not your clients, they're your network and your network is, is everything. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so that would be one of my first tips. And actually, I want to make a point to that is don't write these people off even if they say no the first time. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of the things that I've learned is that you might have to prove yourself to some people, especially if you're a new agent. People might be like, oh, well, I know five agents yeah. and I don't, I don't know this person's really new. I would just keep providing value to them. And it doesn't mean you have to hound their email and send them a bunch of stuff, but just post things if they're following you, provide information. Don't just, I mean, and then of course, I'm an advocate of not doing the same marketing that every agent Mm -hmm. does. I do say that, and I'm gonna do a totally separate episode on marketing yourself and your business, but um, just really quick, find what works for you and provide value through that method. And I think that after a while, if someone's like, oh, you know what? I really like what they're doing and I do want to give them a shot. I'm thinking about renting, buying, or selling and let me just at least see if we can work well together. So just because someone says no, they don't want to work with you or talk to you or whatever in the initial contact stage, I would say keep them on your list and just in some way continue providing value. I would reach out to people and literally I would send... 50 to 100 people like instant messages or DMs or mm-hmm. whatever 
with a short thing. Hey, hope you're well. Would love to reconnect. I'm in real estate. Yep. Um, would love to just see how, how things are going professionally for you and share what's going on professionally with me. Mm-hmm. And if they want to meet you, fantastic. Set up a meeting, grab coffee, five bucks. Mm-hmm. Don't go to lunch. Don't spend an hour. Don't spend a hundred dollars. Right. Five dollars, coffee. If they can't meet, schedule a phone call. Mm-hmm. You know what? I know time is tight. Let's hop on the phone for five minutes. Let me just connect with you. I just want to bring you up to speed. And if they don't want to do that, say, great. You know what? Here's my contact info. What's, you know, some people have their contact info in Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Worst comes to worst, just make sure that you have the right email address and phone number so you can put them in your CRM. Yes, then that makes sense. Then they'll see the posts. They'll get your email blast because every company usually has some type of marketing you can plug into. Right. You need your contacts cleaned up to plug mm-hmm. in. Right? So the biggest, I guess, takeaway would be reaching out to your contacts and then making sure you aggregate all that information accurately so you can dump them into a CRM, do the quarterly newsletters, the mm-hmm. monthly e-blasts, the Facebook posts, the LinkedIn article. You have to um, provide content. It may not be value at first, I agree. but you have to provide information so you're top of mind. Yeah. An- another post from Brittany, another post from Brittany. Yep. After two years of seeing Brittany, when they're ready to buy that home, they'll call Brittany. Yeah. Or at least give you a shot. Exactly. The irony for new agents is that you want to go after your warm network, but they're probably not going to use you right away. Right. They'll use you in year two. Right. But in year one, it's it's pretty hard to get people who know that you don't know anything about real estate right. to trust you. <laughs> yeah. So, but that doesn't mean you neglect them. Mm-hmm. You water, you water, you water. The flowers grow next year. I agree. I agree completely. So, I'm curious, since you've been doing this practice in your business for a long time now, um, Since I've been organized for a long time. Right, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say is the medium that people respond to the most? Email, social media, DMs, or yeah. even just in the comments, texts, calls. What do you find? I do think that we do need to do a combination of all of those, but do you find that like most people are usually more responsive to one or the other because I know I didn't always answer your calls yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so I know that's mostly you know other people too that are going to be doing yeah, that yeah so there's no magic answer there mm-hmm. uh, you have to pepper people differently and so call text email call text email mm-hmm. you know so you know my clients may get a quarterly you know newsletter mm-hmm. they may get a semi-annual call and maybe a monthly email Mm-hmm. And everybody's different. You know, five years ago, I never texted any client ever. Yeah. Now, I'm texting with 50 to 75% of my clients like they're my best friends. That's crazy. Because that's their preferred communication. Right. So you have to shift with the, you know, the changes of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you market yourself via text? Not really. Right. But you can communicate, right? So I guess my point is you have to do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But the phone always will prevail. Yeah. Voice is is you know is is connection. You, I agree it's hard with to that. Connect with someone in a text message. Yeah, that's for more transfer of information. You know, I actually I had an experience recently where someone texted me, and it was a referral partner, so it wasn't a client. But they texted me, and then I was busy at the time, so I didn't have a chance to respond. And then they called a little bit later and was like, you know what? I just felt like chatting saying hi for a minute you know and then we talked for about 10-15 minutes and it was nice because we connected better than we would have 
through text. Sometimes my thumbs just get too tired. Yeah. <laughs> if you're texting with 50 to 70% of your business. It's crazy. Yeah, that's a yeah, lot. That lot. would end up being like, okay, I'm tired of yeah, typing. I'm ready to in- yeah. implement a text app on my computer to where I can just type my messages back to people because so many of my clients are on the go, yeah. traveling, they're busy, and they're not always in front of a computer, exactly. so they'd rather text. Yeah. Just because I'm in front of a computer doesn't mean that they're going to be. Right. So to answer your question, I would say you have to have a diverse attack, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is a good analogy. When you go to war, you got your archers shooting mm-hmm. the bow and arrows, you got the big guys in the back with the cannons, you got the foot soldiers that are you know ready to jump off of a horse and can take their sword out. So you have to have all these different tools and weapons for a full like rounded attack, if yeah. you will. And that's the same way with attack, marketing. Yeah, and, and yeah your database, them. yeah. yeah I like that. Here's the other thing is, you know, there's knowers, thinkers, and feelers. Have you heard that before? No. So knowers, if you if you were selling to a knower, they want bullet points. Mm. How much is it? How many square feet? Bed, bath count? Mm-hmm. You know, price per square foot? Uh, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. Feelers want to walk in look out the window and picture their kids playing in the backyard. Right. You know, picture cooking, you know, a holiday dinner and mm-hmm. serving at the table and, you know, sitting next to the fireplace with some with some wine. Yeah. Thinkers are analytical. Spreadsheets, data, 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 Excel. Mm-hmm. Right? People also connect the same way. Some people will get a postcard and every week you're sending a postcard that says just sold price per square foot. Mm-hmm. The feelers don't connect with that. Yeah. It goes right into the garbage. But they'll take your phone call and talk to you for half an hour about little Johnny playing baseball. Right. Right. <laughs> Same thing with um, you know meeting with someone mm-hmm. or communicating with an actual client. If you have a knower, don't give him 17 pages of data. Mm-hmm. If you have a feeler, make sure she loves the pictures. Right. right? And if you have a thinker. Be very slow and thorough. Mm-hmm. So as you get better with understanding people's modality and how they want to communicate, you can become very good at what you do and be more efficient because that's super important. I think that's a, a really great point. I've never heard that and I love that because I think we do know in this industry that you have to get to know your client, right? And every client is different. Every experience is different. Every transaction is different. So if you can form to each client and each experience and then continue providing information or connecting with these people in yeah. the way that works best for them, you're setting yourself up for success. Right. So that's awesome. So, so just to give you an example, right? So mm-hmm. from a marketing standpoint, I'll do you know, general marketing updates on the market, mm-hmm. whether it's a newsletter or a postcard, and then once a, you know, once or twice a year, I'll do a personal story. I don't know if you ever got one in the past, but it was like um, yeah, a sure letter on my life type of deal. So yeah. it was like a quarterly letter about mm-hmm. me. Some people want to know about me. Right. Most people don't, but some people some are like, people do. Yeah. and then you'd be surprised how many, how many calls I get from, mm-hmm. from sharing some of that because those feelers mm-hmm. like the emotional connection, right? Uh, sometimes I'll tell a story in a postcard, like a success story. Mm-hmm. You know, so one month it'll be, uh, here's what's going on in the market. The next month it'll be, Success story. Mm-hmm. Just helped a young couple who were having their first kid move out of their one bedroom into a two bed, two bath in a great school district. If you know anyone in that situation, I'd love to help them. Now, the person who throws out your mailer every week, just closed, just sold, mm-hmm. is reading that and going, Oh my gosh, my best friend Becky is pregnant. Right. She wants to move. And you've just resonated with them because they're thinking about these situations. 
So I've changed my marketing to give people data, personal updates, and stories to help them think of me in different light. That's great. I think that's amazing. And that gives you a good understanding also, like even from the feedback of doing that stuff, you can kind of start to pinpoint what works for each person. Because if they call and say, hey, I loved your story or whatever it might be, then you could say, okay, this person obviously connects more with this or that type of marketing. And that helps you each time you reach out to them, right? And it also reinforces that what you're doing works. Right, exactly. you know, the, uh, the counter statement to me would be, well, not to me, but people would then think, well, oh my gosh, now I have to do 17 things. No, don't over, don't overanalyze mm-hmm. it. Update your database, number one. Yeah. Dump it into a CRM, number two. Mm-hmm. Get one mailer out or one email blast every month. Mm-hmm. Start with that. Once you get that going for a couple, maybe a quarter, then layer on contact method number two. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to take baby steps. Don't get, um, uh, what is it, analysis paralysis, oh, you yeah. think about it, then you freeze and you don't do anything, right. and then you go back to watching videos and podcasts about <laughs> how to do it, right. right? Like You can only learn so much yeah. that you have to implement, Yeah, one step at a time. I think that's great, and I think because we're nearing the end of the first quarter, I think this is a really great time for people to take a look back at their networks and their database and say, is it cleaned up enough, what changes can I make, and then go into the second quarter, yeah. and really hit it hard. The statistics are staggering every year that second and third time buyers are not using the first agent that they work with. I know, it's and crazy. It's because the first agent that they worked with wasn't great at managing their database. They were on the fly, they were in year two, and there's so much residual income being lost. Mm-hmm. My point is, this is a great real estate analogy, you can't build a high-rise without a foundation, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So you need to pour the foundation. That's your database. You don't want to be the agent that in year 10 is still chasing new clients, getting no referrals because they didn't water the grass every year. Right. They didn't pour the foundation. Yeah. No, that's that's great. I think that when I realized I needed to really develop this practice or perfect this practice, I was... At the, I, luckily, I'm still early enough. I mean, in my career, it's it's been, I've been in, like I said, seven years, but it's really been either four or five years of selling right. because I've had other Full things time. I've done right. in the industry. Yeah. So I realized, okay, I'm still early enough to where I need to get this practice down and find what works for me and my clients and actually yeah. just do it as opposed to, like you said, year 10 still be spinning my wheels like what in the world right. that living wouldn't... living in controlled chaos yeah exactly that's yeah. exactly what it is and what's funny is I so I started my career in marketing and when I started working as a marketing consultant in a real estate office I used to be like oh my gosh you could walk in and feel the tension because people just Real estate offices can be tense when mm-hmm. people aren't making money mm-hmm. and you're working off 100% commission. It can be like it really controlled chaos. Yeah. They don't really have any practices. They're like, okay, well, I have a client today, so I'm going to go out and do whatever. And then the next day they're like, okay, well, I guess I should do some prospecting. Or So in my mind, that's always stuck in my mind. I don't want to ever get to that point of being – and I, I sort of did, actually. When I was on the road to burnout and like – then eventually did burn out. I was living in that, like, 
controlled chaos. But I think yeah. because I had previous experience in the industry and understood what can happen and what different roads I can go down, I was able to stop and say, okay, some, I know what I need to change. Let me yeah. take a look at my business. Where are the holes that I need to fill and get that foundation sturdy, right? Yeah, and like, what, you know, when you plan your week, you should have an hour, maybe at the end of the week, where every new person you met gets added into your CRM. Mm-hmm. And that's an appointment you set with yourself that you can't cancel. Right. You know, when you put that appointment in the calendar, respect your business enough to keep the appointment. One hour, CRM updates. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's 15 minutes at the end of the day at first. Right. And then you get to a point where you, you kind of batch information, right? So mm-hmm. instead of going to the dry cleaner every day, right. you take your clothes at the end of the week. Yeah. Instead of stopping in the middle of every sales minute to update your CRM, you batch it, right? Get a little Google Drive or mm-hmm. an Excel spreadsheet. Spend the 30 to 45 minutes at the end of the week updating address, email, name, save. I love it. You know, and and on the same token of burnout, get the health club, get whatever mm-hmm. you need to do in your calendar, and yeah. respect that appointment. Right. That, that should be in there three, four days a week. That could be more true. Yeah. Not negotiable. Yeah. Well, I so I did a previous episode about introduction to burnout. Mm-hmm. So because obviously, you know, I want to help as many people avoid it as mm-hmm. possible, mm-hmm. and. I kind of gave my background of burnout and what I went through. And I said, one of the first things to go in that is the health club Mm -hmm. membership or the exercise in general, you know? So I know when I get super overworked, I just threw that out the window and it couldn't be worse for your health. It couldn't be worse. Yeah. So I think that's great to actually have everything on your calendar outlined and structured and just say, even if you're in the middle of something, can it can it can you shelve it until yeah. you're done with this next project or yeah. tomorrow even yeah. possibly the most success so you know i've spent a lot of time getting wisdom from mentor type people mm-hmm. some that i've had to pay for from coaching and business mm-hmm. consultants some from just being lucky to, to 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 you know gain friendships and so my point is and even from reading books the most successful people do the same mundane business every day, every week, every month, every year. Mm-hmm. They get up, they do their morning routine, you know, they prepare for their day, they may read a little, take some personal time, they get to the office or the workspace, they put in the offensive prospecting or whatever it is they need to do, mm-hmm. get the heavy lifting, they eat the frog, if you've read that book or heard that. No. Term, eat the frog is, uh, you do the hardest thing first so it's out of the way. Oh, I like the it. Frog. It's just like a little silly. I'm going to, okay, I'll put that yeah. on my book list. And so... But that's what it is every day. And then you look up 6, 12, 18 months and you start to see the results. It compounds. Right. But you have to be disciplined every day, you know? Yeah. And the other thing that I've learned from really successful people is, you know, when people's lives start to feel out of whack or, you know, on the verge of burnout or just, you know, you have to go back to those those focal points of life, right? For most people, their health is a catalyst for, for you know, improvement in mm-hmm. the day or, 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 or kind of letting things get worse. For example, right. some people are like, when I'm in the gym three, four days a week, I'm golden. Mm-hmm. My energy's up, my mood is up because it's a domino effect. Yeah. Your energy levels are up, which means 
your 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 body's feeling good. Mm-hmm. And if your body's feeling good, you don't want to eat garbage. So exactly. now you're gonna eat a better lunch. Right. You eat a better lunch, your energy doesn't drop at two o'clock. Yep. So you don't need a pop or a coffee. Mm-hmm. And then you have a great day and then you do it again the next day, right? Some people, I'm not really like religious, but some people are like when I'm like in prayer or I'm reading the Bible or I'm going to church or mm-hmm. temple or whatever, every week I feel centered. Yeah. So so you have to be a little self aware sometimes. Right. Oh, completely. And it's like when do I have my best moments or my, my streaks of greatness mm-hmm. and happiness? For me personally, for Justin, health. Yeah. Right? I want to wake up early. I don't like doing it. I hate right. driving to the gym, but I yeah. love leaving at 730 yeah. knowing I've gotten a workout in before people are even waking up. Mm-hmm. You know? So I love being in the gym early. Mm-hmm. I love getting that energy and like seeing those success. Successful people are in the gym early. Yes. Not that you have to go to the gym early, but... Right. You know, there's something to be said starting about your that. day. Starting your day, yeah, early. yeah. And exactly. so, to me, that's where I, when I need to get back into my rhythm, I look at my health and my routine. Mm-hmm. Other people, you know, maybe it's, you know, again, religion, or maybe mm-hmm. it's something else. But it's usually one or like two or three. I think things. it's a combo for me too, because yeah. I some type of like spiritual connection. Yeah, just well, spiritual connection. Time, you know? That's so. I'm doing another episode on the uh, five areas of self care, mm-hmm. and it is spiritual connection mm-hmm. is actually one of them. Because that is something that helps center people, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't ever tapped into that, try it. Maybe it will help. Maybe if working out or nutrition or whatever it might be isn't isn't filling all your voids, then maybe try yeah. something like that. I'll get into each one of those in separate episodes. But I do think it is... That's exactly what I thought when I ended up burning out. I was like, okay, what am I? What's lacking in my life aside from being overworked? Yeah. What wasn't I doing? Well, I had stopped working out completely, and I've I was an athlete my whole life. Right. I've always worked out. That thing that kept me my stress under control and managed right. was now not in my life anymore. Right. And nutrition, I also feel follows. It follows. Yeah, right. it's just this big. It's Snowball, a domino. When you get lazy yeah. There, mm-hmm. you, you you slack on other things. Yeah. And vice versa. When you Absolutely. That. And working out, for the record, doesn't have to be like going to the gym and powerlifting. No. Oh that yeah. That could be a walk with your dog mm-hmm. every day. That could be. Yep. You know the Peloton at home. I mean, but the health component to me could be stretching. Could Just be stretching, stretching right? out your body. Cause, cause yeah. Here's the deal. This is this is what someone told me, and I believe it. Every day, in our industry, not every industry is like this. We're going to war. Yeah. Right. I like to use the war analogy. But yeah. You have to be in shape, yeah. physically, mentally, mentally, and spiritually, and emotionally, and emotionally, and all of it, yeah. because you need to. It's the whole premise of the podcast. To, yeah, yeah, you need to have endurance. Yeah, endurance in the form of can I put in an eight to ten hour day, mm-hmm. six days a week during busy season? Yeah, and then still go if home and more. be a good, a good husband, wife, girlfriend, father, mother, right. sister, brother, right? Yeah. So, even though like I don't want to over blow uh, blow out proportion working out, but. Like, are we need to be physically, mentally tough? Absolutely. In order to achieve the results that everybody wants, it's so true. And and I think it starts with that single domino, which improves everything else. It really does because when I when I was in the midst of the burnout too, I did not feel. Again, obviously, I said I stopped working out, but I didn't even feel like I had that endurance to go long hours yeah. and. 
I didn't really have that motivation. I'm just like, oh, man, okay, I have so much to do. Because everything, even little things, yeah. feel like so much to do when you're burnt out. Because right. you're, yeah. you're not even running on fumes anymore. You're running on empty. Yeah. And so, your mind, you know, your mind, blood flow, like right. your brain, endorphins, dopamine, all this stuff happens yep. with, our, with our brains positively mm-hmm. from exercise and health mm-hmm. and negatively from lack of exercise and health and exactly. the wrong foods. Right. And the compound effect on the negative side happens way faster than the compound effect on the positive side. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's really easy to get off track, feel crummy, and let it spill into all the areas of your life. Yeah. But it takes two, three weeks of consistent you know, uh, uh, health to right. really see the... But when it turns, it turns and you feel great. Exactly. I agree 100%. I think that this is a really good time of year for people to start putting all of these processes yeah. in place. And... Like I said, start with your database and relationship management because I think that will help you feel more organized. Mm -hmm. And then add in another component of what will help your business keep growing and thriving, which self-care is a huge part of that. So, and obviously, you know, that's exactly what we're doing here is talking about that work-life balance. And in so many ways, I think people thought, oh, work-life balance is impossible. You'll always be heavier on one end. Now, while that might be true, there might be some times where you're working a little bit more than you get leisure activities, you can still incorporate balance of working out or watching your nutrition or whatever it might be into your daily And there's also a seasonality to it. Absolutely. It's not going to be crazy, you know, 12-hour days, 12 months out of the year. Exactly. I mean, we're just coming out of, in the Midwest winter right you know so yes they're starting to get glimpses of spring which then will skyrocket our market but we have some months where we can have a little bit more downtime and prep for the year ahead and all of that stuff i would say just for people listening you know a lot of information was discussed but you don't have to do it all you don't have to make make calls two hours a day every day like i do it took me years to get there yeah but my point is is implement one thing you know maybe it's planning your week Mm -hmm. maybe it's Every Wednesday, I'm going to call five new people, or mm-hmm. every Friday, or every Monday, I'm going to write two handwritten notes. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, start with some start somewhere, and set a goal. Yeah, and it's like get, that, and, and, and get an accountability partner. Yeah, that that works in your office mm-hmm. and help each other. You know, I agree. And then take care of yourself personally. Yeah, absolutely. Because the confidence and the energy and the charisma, people judge you and make a decision to buy in the first three to five seconds. Mm-hmm. If you walk in, shoulder slumped rushed out of the house, starving, mm-hmm. low energy versus polished, confident. Yeah. I mean, that stuff is real. It really is, especially It's intrinsic connections to energy and charisma and yep. presence. Yes. 100%, especially in the industry that we're in, in any customer service related field, right. I would say, you know, but like we have a combo between behind the scenes work and in person face to face interactions right because it's just a mixture of all of that in our industry but i do 100% agree with everything you're saying i personally because my health took a dive yeah. when all you know it all just domino effect like you said um, i first things first i stopped what was going on like the bad habits or like the lack of structure Mm -hmm. I stopped some of that I took a vacation I focused on my nutrition and was like let me just add one thing first Mm -hmm. then you add another and now I'm I'm not dumping on everything that we talked about today 
I so rest assured any new agents out there I'm actually just adding in little things here and there so that I don't overwhelm myself and feel like oh my gosh I have so much to do to where it's it's like you're not used to doing all of that stuff I'm just adding a couple new things in each week so I started with the handwritten notes and I already am kind of good in some other areas that was already a little bit of a habit like the newsletters Mm -hmm. or I tend to lean more toward the creative side Mm -hmm. because that's my background so newsletters and social media and stuff like that comes easily to me I'm now trying to force myself to learn and become like a second nature some of this other stuff you know which a lot of it is that prospecting that is outside of just people you know firsthand you know it's it's a part of the business and it's something that we all have to learn at some point if we want longevity. So yeah, add in little bits here and there. Don't feel overwhelmed. Don't feel like you have to just jump in and do everything that we're talking about, but take bits and pieces. And before you know it, after a year of following these guidelines, your whole business is going to change. And then like you said, after two and three years, it's like, boom, wow. If you don't pour the foundation, you will not build a skyscraper. With me, I've always thought of how can I get better each year? Right. You know, what can I do this year to... It's being competitive with yourself, yeah. too, to an extent. You know, you you can be competitive in the industry. And so, okay, these are my goals and I want to be in the top 1% or whatever it might be eventually. But I would say look at... You have to have short-term and long-term goals. Right. So look at what you have going on right now and compare it to what you were doing last year. So every year, every day, every week, you know, every... Every part of your business and every year you're in business should be getting better in some way. Better than you did last year. Better than you did, exactly. And and that's important to know. Be careful comparing yourself to others. Absolutely. Everyone has a different journey. Yeah. You know, um, a couple good, really book, a couple really good book recommendations because I know know, that's important. So, Mm -hmm. for realtors, one of my favorite books which plays into this discussion is called The One Thing. Mm. You ever read it? Mm -mm. Gary Keller, The One Thing. Oh, no. So, the moral of the story is what's the one thing you can do today that by doing it will move your business in the right direction oh i love that every day you have to ask yourself what is the one thing and this could be with your health what's the one thing i can do today with my health that will move my health in the right direction Mm -hmm. what's the one thing i can do with my money you know that will help my budgeting and my savings go in the right direction what's Mm -hmm. the one thing i can do with my relationship with my spouse Mm -hmm. but the premise is you know that one thing is always going to be a little difficult. Right. It's making those five calls. It's yeah. giving that bad news to someone at 9 a.m., not 9 p.m. Right. You know, it's saying I'm sorry. It's it's organizing your database. But the one thing is a is an amazing book. That's awesome. Um, I will add it. To, I actually have a book list for the people that came to our summit last year. We had a whole book list and even like an app list mm-hmm. that you could download different apps on yeah. your phone that would help you improve your life, your business, and it kind of coincides with the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll add that. I think that's amazing. Yeah, that's People can find that on our website. correlated to real estate. Another that's one cool. that just talks about um, the, this term I've used 10 times, the book is actually called The Compound Effect. Oh, yeah. So when you were saying that earlier, I was going to say, that's a book. Right. Yeah. So I've read that book yeah. three or four times. Um, it's amazing. It's yes. encouraging. Um, and then... The last book for people who are really like chomping at the bit to, to just like prospect and, mm-hmm. and go crazy, there's a book called Fanatical Prospecting. Okay. The author's name is Jeb Blunt. Okay. And he's like one of the top sales 
authors in, in the world, like bestsellers. Oh, awesome. He's got a podcast called Sales Gravy. Awesome. Um, I don't okay. know the guy I'm plugging him, but just, <laughs> you got to feed your mind that type of yeah. stuff. So you no, can I get agree. Into that, into that mindset. You know? I agree. I, I kind of alternate between self-care stuff and work stuff. I yeah. am constantly trying to like... I don't just want to preach this work-life balance lifestyle. It, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't practice anything perfectly. I think all of us are co- a constant work in progress, yeah. right? Yeah. But I do try and yeah. incorporate different podcasts or books or whatever it might be always throughout the week. Yeah. I'll, I'll do something one day and then I might throw in a a sales thing another day right. you know just anything that might feed my mind yeah. and help grow my I'm business a huge, i'm a huge um audible guy me too so, yeah uh, i have you know the I, compound effect on right, audible right. <laughs> so um i uh i'm usually in the car for at least an hour every day 30 mm-hmm. minutes on the way in 30 minutes on the way out so i tell myself every single morning i'm learning yeah i'm consuming either a book or a podcast on the way home i can zone out i can make phone calls i can listen to the radio but there's a lot of time that we waste. And so yeah. my consumption of information now has turned to audio. Yeah. So audible books or podcasts, 30 minutes a day, I'm learning mm-hmm. something or, or just consuming good information every day. Yeah, Super I think easy. that's great. And then it became a habit. And now mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've gone through a dozen books and I've listened to like, you know, dozens of podcasts mm-hmm. um, and episodes and interviews and like, that helps me think. Yeah. You know? Well, because you never know what one bit of advice might stick right. and then change your business or your life or your habits or whatever it or might your be. Mood. Your mood, yeah. Or your brain. Your exactly. Brain's a muscle too. You gotta exercise that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I love it. I one hundred percent agree. I think this is great. And with that, actually I give you guys, my listeners, a question every week to kind of think on and hopefully use as a form of self-reflection in your life and career and a way to really actually look at what's going on in your life and business and say, is this something I can change or implement or whatever it might be? So this week's question is, what is your current relationship management or database routine? So I would love to hear your responses on social media if you want to participate. If you don't, of course, like I said, just use this as a self-reflection tool. So think about how you contact your clients, past, present, future, whatever it might be, your business partners. Um, How are you doing that daily and weekly right now? And can you implement anything that we talked about today? So of course, I would love to connect with you guys on Instagram if you would like, or Facebook, you can find us on Instagram at beyond the sale underscore, or you can find us on Facebook at live beyond the sale. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Brittany Wren. You can find our guest, Justin Lopatin, who has provided so much crucial information today. And I really appreciate it. His Instagram is Justin underscore loan Potten, as in a mortgage loan. <laughs> and you can learn more about beyond the sale by visiting our website, livebeyondthesale.com. I'll also have those book recommendations up there as well. Also, don't forget to sign up for our summit waitlist. We have two summits this year, one in Chicago and one in Florida. And I'm super excited for the information and resources that we have in store for you. We're going to have some really great speakers again. Thank you all for joining me beyond the sale today. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to bringing you some wellness related content next week. Until then, I hope you all continue to strive to live beyond the sale.